You're listening to Ruckus Avenue Radio. Available now on Dash Radio. The following program may contain verbiage and views that will offend some listeners. You see, Andrew Fresh Kills Kilgore is a grumpy old man. And me, I don't give a fuck. What's going on, everybody? Kills and Bio, Shizo, Road Dogs Volume 2. We are on the Dash Radio Network, but more importantly, the Ruckus Avenue Network, home of a bunch of busters, except for us, right? That's the new <laughs> we're, thing? We're coming for you. We're coming, we're coming for, you. for you, bro. We're international, bro. <laughs> we got, we got, we're taking, we're flying uh, first class all over the world to bust some ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, we're doing we're doing it Jay and Silent Bob style. Except nobody actually talks shit about us. We're just showing up to beat people up preemptively before they retort our insults to them. All the other shows on this network, on this on Ruckus Avenue Radio, can get bent as far as I'm this concerned. Is, it's sort of like a I'm some shady situation where he's the only shady, real shady, and all the other shadies are like not trying to be. They're imitating. That's kind of what the kid, we are the real some shades. <laughs> oh, yep. I'm not an Eminem fan, so I I, I don't love that reference. But I, you know, do you appreciate do you appreciate his place in the hip hop pan, pantheon? Does that make sense? Or history? Yeah, yeah, I suppose I do. It's a really I mean, significant one. Really I suppose, he made, sorry, I suppose I do. I suppose I do. I don't know. He made it okay for white dudes to listen to hip hop and not feel so out of place. And I know, like, listen, people, I don't see color. It's true. Like, who Fine. cares? Who cares what race anyone is? But the fact is, when Eminem came out, a bunch of white guys took a big collective. Ah, okay, finally, like, well, this isn't so bad anymore. We don't look like idiots. This speaks, this speaks to my issue about it because obviously you got to respect his talent lyrically. You know, I don't love his production at all. It's sort of, it's like a, it's like a B, D grade, Dre beat thing. But the, here's the thing that it really bothers me about Eminem. Ooh, that's a ni- nice call. Nice call. It's true. It's true. I mean, well, I mean, he also admits it's like Dre taught him everything he knows, gave him all his drum kits. It was like, okay, obviously these people are going to sound the same. But the real issue for me, his legacy is, is awful. Like, you know, you're saying, you're saying, yeah, okay, a bunch of white people, a bunch of white guys in particular took a, a collective sigh of relief that you know we have we have our white rap god but it's like the the the, the people that he inspired that i continue to encounter over the course of my career and 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 again too i feel bad because i don't want to say but you know i've worked for some of these, i've had clients that are some of these people too so i, I you know i don't want to disparage people that are keeping my lights on giving me business but he inspired a lot of garbage you know and it, the legacy question is interesting i want to and i want to ask you this because there are, there, you know, your fans a certain, like, I think that prevents me from liking Eminem a whole lot because he inspired so much terrible stuff. What like, do you mean by that? I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not disagreeing because I just don't have perspective. But I mean, uh, you well, mean like white rapper garbage or you mean like uh, misogynistic, like 
like beat women lyrics or like what are you where where are you going yeah definitely all that well okay well first of all you know inspiring a bunch of like even just what you were what you began with which was a bunch of white guys you know breathing a sigh of relief being able to like get behind a white artist that's problematic it just that's problematic period it just is you know, like, why can't uh, you it's, com- it's, com- it's a this is a complicated subject. Well, the here we white, go. The white gaze, right? The white gaze, uh, you know, wanting to wanting to idolize something but not be it, you know, or like, you know, being obsessed with black culture. Hip hop shows. How many hip hop shows you've been to? It's like a sea of white people, and yet you have this huge racist racism problem in the world, right? You know, like that, that, that duality is very complicated. So I don't, I don't think it's problematic that white people felt better about it. I think that just, that just shows how complicated this topic is. And, and just to piggyback on my own point, you know, in the battle rap culture, whenever there's been racial stuff, uh, white progressive people have referred to themselves as guests of the culture. Mm -hmm. It's it's, it's kind of that it's, it's in that vein. You know? Yeah, I know. I feel that. And, and, and I don't think it's, you know, I don't, he's inspired some really good stuff too that, you know, it's not entirely, I don't want to be totally unfair here, but um, like, it's sort of, and, and you know what, you know, like, it's not so if like, for example, you're a basketball fan, I'm a white guy. If you see a white player, you know, you look at what's going on with Doncic, Luka Doncic, right? A lot of people are like, oh, wow, he's the great, you know, people have these conversations about even have these conversations about um, Larry Bird where it's like, you know, Isaiah Thomas made the comment, Larry Bird, if he was black, no one would be really talking about him because he's just a good basketball player. You know, the fact that he's white and he's, and he's as good as he is is what really makes it a thing. And there's a bit of that to it too, which is problematic where it's like, the reason why, you know, Eminem is special is because, wow, like a white per, you know, you're seeing a white person not supposed to be able to rap that good. Which is See, problematic, right? That's that's not a good way of thinking about it. So I would compare it to based on kind of a problematic situation. I I don't know. I might compare it to the success of a Canadian rap artist. Uh, and please allow me to explain. Uh, 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 you have to break there. There's a lot of walls, and when I, oh god, this is a pr- problematic reference because you say now breaking down walls. That's not the way to refer to a racial element discussion vis-a-vis white people's actions but he had he had a a lot he had to prove a lot more because you're you're shitty you're whack until proven good dope as a white dude trying to make your way through the battle circuit and all that shit growing up in detroit everything he did so you know he had arguably like a harder path as odd as it is to say that there's privilege or preference in that world you know no i think that's true i don't disagree with you and 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 i've heard i've heard you know i've heard rap greats i've heard talib talk about this i've heard other other um you know uh, mers on his uh, podcast talked about it no white white rappers have a tougher road for sure i I think that's fair but here's the here's the thing that i that that's really important i think and and what i was talking about with the legacy thing is you know how when we talk about women in hip-hop right where a female MC, unfortunately, you know, historically has only really had two choices in terms of the kind of identity that they can be on a record. They yeah. can be ultra sexy or they can be really tough. And in both those situations, it's, it's almost like a female MC can't be anything else, which, is, which sucks uh, because both of, those, both of those, you know, roles or, you know, identities, quote unquote, rap identities are problematic in and of themselves too. And I think 
that's the thing with Eminem where it's like, you know, what, what, white people weren't sure about what their, their identity, what could be in hip hop, right? Like, what is the identity? What are the, th- what are the things that roll? His was like scumbag. I don't give scumbag. a fuck. Trailer trash. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. And, and again, that's not, it's not problematic in the sense that it's, it's good that it, because he helped define the role of, of, you know, define a new role of what a white rapper could be. Right. Which is good. But, but yeah, like his raps are like, you know, he's talking about killing women and burying bodies and like, you know, it was just really, uh, filthy, which, which at least it was funny. raw. At least it was raw and honest. I, I would argue that I find modern lyrics more damaging because they are, they are masked by a Gucci belt, right? They're, mm. they're sub, they're woven in amongst, amongst designer clothing references and clout shit, right? Which yeah. obscures them. Like the whole scariness people would say about video games is they make it seem like killing is like easy and, and, and yeah. desensitized, which isn't true, but that's the argument. And I would say right. that, you know, the, the modern form of hip hop makes violence an, ex- a, 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 an accessory, a, a, a luxury clout based thing. Whereas with him, it's very clear that a very depressing childhood and a bad parenting situation when he grew up led him to fantasize about killing his mom and he didn't do it he wasn't doing it for clout that's the thing about the 90s and the 2000s i feel you you know it hits different man i'm okay listening to street music be grimy but when i listen to fancy beats and grimy shit and auto-tune like melodic murder music ah come on man what the fuck and then that's when you get 14 like 14 year old white i don't know maybe they were singing wu-tang but not not like they are roddy rich and this other shit I don't know. It's not a anyway no well <laughs> no, I, I i i feel you i feel you i mean I, i'm gonna put this to you because I, I know you're part of kotd and you know um and those those issues of like misogyny and homophobia and you know certain certain yeah certain things that happen within the KOTD community and the battle community, you know, outside that community aren't necessarily seen as, you know, seen with a, with a, with a, 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 a nice eye, you know, like it's not really, you're, you're sort of judged for it. And, you know, p- for example, you know, my time on the road, I would, I would always be wary about, you know, those shows, not necessarily KOTD shows, but just you become aware of a kind of a faction or like a, like a, like a type of white rapper that, you know that Eminem, who's who Eminem has given license to like be really crude and awful on records. And here's the thing, because like obviously you and I would agree that like Eminem is he's really intelligent. He's he knows that he's being tongue in cheek with something. It's so over the top that it's cartoonish, and that's the point, right? It's kind of like it's making fun of itself, which which I like. You know, like I love anything. And you and I both. I mean, we can agree. Like I love the over the top stuff that's so over the top. It's funny, right? It's like we watch a horror movie and the gore is just ridiculous. And so you can kind of laugh even though it's at at its core pretty screwed up. But the thing is with Eminem, my problem was, and I I think the one you talk about where he's fantasizing about killing his mom, that's way more real. And he's taking that over the top, but there's a consciousness there, which, which you can respect. Right. And, and, and almost like the song is like an exercise. And when you see it in that context, it really makes sense. But what I, I don't end up seeing that context in so many of the white in particular rappers that I see inspired by Eminem, where it's like, they, they don't, they're taking it really seriously in saying this stuff. They're not doing it in a tongue in cheek way where they're, they're conscious. They're necessarily conscious about, you know, like fantasizing about killing your mom. (laughs) 
that was a that was a that was Eminem soul searching on record and and it put into context his over the top use of language in a way that was almost like for him it was cathartic to do that i don't see that level of understanding in the vast majority of white rappers that i would encounter on my on my day to day basis and you know and, and obviously with KOTD you got guys just trying to hurt each other so it's there's there's even less consciousness sometimes when it comes to uh, that. I, Obviously, I think you smart. I'm just you know, and I'm not take I'm not taking my shot here, but yeah. I think you believe what you're saying mostly. I also think you're <laughs> writing a verbal essay on behalf of the topic that you're defending right now. Like I think you're forming points. I've to, talked to a lot argue about it, but no, I mean, okay. I've thought a lot about this outside outside the battle rap community. I don't think people look at it and go like, oh, bad, that is bad. I think they're like nerds. Like you guys are rapidly yelling at each other. They don't like, it's what, like, it's just, I think people think it's dorky. It's and here's the thing. Nerdy it's at all, it's bro. that, that all. thing. Battle rap is 100% cathartic. Go to a battle rap event, especially King of the Dot, but any battle rap event, you are going to see all the colors of the rainbow. You're going to see them interacting outside before the event, after laughing, telling stories. There is so much mutual respect in that community. It is ridiculous. It is the most racially, like, I, I don't know what I'm, I'm trying to come up with a word that means like you're just there hanging out and everybody's just community. Nobody's thinking about anything. Nobody's making comments. People make comments in, in, in the arena because those thoughts and those ideas are out in the world and they put them in there and they mix them up and then that's it. And that's it. These guys aren't aren't on Twitter calling each other racist shit. It's it, you know, there's just you know like little kids are gonna fight it out and I think adults totally. don't lose that. It's it's life it's life is complex. Everybody has fucked up thoughts. That's why people who wave their finger at everybody and try and act holier than thou online are so full of shit because we're human beings. We have weird and bad thoughts. Don't act like you don't have them. They gotta go somewhere. Either you can afford $240 an hour to have a therapist. Maybe you can't. Maybe you need to do something like be a battle rapper. Listen, I pull, I, a, pull I, a surprise. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. I, I can appreciate what you're saying. And actually, and this is part of the reason why I want to have this conversation because, you know, I felt this way for, for a while and, and your perspective from inside of it, I think is really important to hear and valid. Um, the, the thing is though, and I'll give you a couple examples. I mean, I remember when I, for a couple of things. First of all, my first time I ever performed at, I went the first time I ever went to a KOT event in person, I performed at it. And I couldn't believe, I had so much fun, man. I couldn't believe how great the show was. And I was definitely one of those early detractors where, I, not detractors, but just, I didn't, I was like, well, it's pre-written. It's, there's no beat. It's not freestyles. Like, I don't know. I had such a good time. It was in a great event. I had, it was in Vancouver. I was totally blown away and I was completely switched on. I was like, wow, this is like super entertaining. I totally get this. Wow. And I was really blown away. That being said, when you say things like, when you're like, well, you know, there's it's such a diverse crowd. First of all, there's very few, not very few, but majority of men are in, the, are in these events. First of all, there's, I've gone to those events and there's like three women there and it's, that's ridiculous. So one of the events I went to, there was literally a guy walking around with his girlfriend on a leash and I was like, this is, hey, that's not in and of Oh, that, everybody loved that guy and everybody loved that thing. And I got to tell you, nobody, nobody, everyone is like, what the fuck? Okay? So don't put uh, that on KOTD. Well, I, 
No, I'm it's just... hilarious. That's a good thing that happened. It's funny. It's fucking funny. They were they were consenting adults, and you're in fact you're kink shaming. I'm not kink bullshit. Shaming. You're kink shaming. I'm not yes, kink you are. shaming. No, I'm not kink shaming. All what I was gonna say was, in an environment where there's misogynistic rap being. Holy shit! Right? Is it woke Wednesdays today? What is no, up here? What is with you today? No, I'm not even saying that. I'm not even getting mad here. What I'm saying is it's a little, I know. It's a little on the freaking nose, bro. Like, come on. Like, it's, you know, you're at a show where there's ha- hardly any women in there. They're throwing misogynistic raps around, and there's a girl on a leash. It's not a good look, bro. Like, I don't you care if it is or whatever. Whatever you want to say about it wasn't a good look, period, end of story. Like, you can have your little... I get it, and I appreciate your. I I'm, I'm asking you because I appreciate and respect your opinion on the matter. I'm telling you from an outside perspective, it was a bad look, and I wasn't the only one that thought it. So fine, let's we can put it there. We can disagree. Here's the next thing I want to say. I was at an event, okay, where it was, and I'm not gonna. I don't mention. I name names. Screw it. I'll name names. Scott Jackson had the the Great North Battle, right? And it's a great event he puts on. He's a friend of the show. He puts on friend every, of this show. Third mic. Third mic. Third mic. Yeah. Third mic, Scott Jackson. He said, Lincoln Byer wants to fire me and hire Scott. This is the first of No, 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 no. I need you to carry, I need you to say dumb shit for me to like record. That's this whole show. I was going to say the same thing about you. So Scott has this great event. It's, and and, and what I mean, great event, it's, you're trying to talk to me about a whole of the, the diversity of KOTD. Cool, bro. Uh, talking know, about um, you, you haven't been to events in the states by the way you haven't been to the true okay like the big the big like okay. bo- like the boston's the la you haven't okay. been to the oh. oakland events cool. oh so my god so it's the oakland canadian events. events that are a bunch of dudes like jerking off with the women Bro, the fucking whole west coast hip-hop scene of canada oh. is a bunch of white dudes in fucking plaid shirts friggin yeah Okay, man. I just haven't been Rope to the right doping. Event. Whatever. I just happened to be at the event with the girl on the leash. Cool, bro. We'll have that one. The girl on the leash was in the West Coast too? No, no, that was Toronto. No, no, no. It was Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just happened to be at a, fun- a bunch of these events and they were all that way and I just haven't seen the events. You're kink shaming, really- bro. You're, you're adding I'm not things kink together. Shaming. It had nothing to do with kink. I was just saying it was, it's, the, it's the third nail in the coffin of a misogynistic scene. It doesn't it matter. Is not- no, it has nothing to do with that. Okay, word. I'm just saying, it's fine. So, but let, let me let me let me finish on saying about Scott's show, and then you can go at me. So we had Scott's show. Now Scott had a, the Green North battle. There's all these different battles. There's b-boy battles. There's rap battles. There's dance battles. There's beat battles. We did all the different things. Really diverse crowd downtown. Um, and when I say diverse crowd, there were women. There were all different types of people. Everybody's having a good time. It was a really community-based thing. The B-Boy crowd especially is a very united crowd, but very like old and young and, and, and diverse in terms of ages as well as cultures. And awesome. Everything. Sure. And, you know, and then all of a sudden in the middle of this, we, we have a KOTD portion of the show. And, and I remember very specifically, we, you know, the, the guys started going at each other, right, the, the, you know, having a rap battle. And, and it's just... It's just like they're throwing this crazy, they're throwing homophobic stuff, they're throwing misogynistic stuff, they're throwing like, not racist, but they're playing with the race card stuff. And it was just like, it took this dark turn. And I had girlfriends that were there and they were just like, what the, what the hell is this? This is brutal. Like it, the whole show took a dark turn when the KOTD stuff happened. And it was like, yo... Like, I'm sorry, like, you can have, you know, I just didn't go to the right shows, whatever. But that, you guys got brought in to that event, and it was kind of like a giant what-the-fuck moment. 
where it was like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna blame whoever produced that show for not having their finger finger on the pulse. I agree with you. That you, need to know, to, you, you need, you need to, to know, know that if you need to know who's battling. You need to know who's battling. Sure, know you need to know. Kind of you're gonna get. Exactly, you need to know that if you book a KOTD part of the thing, they're going to come with a bunch of fucking no, misogynistic, homophobic bullshit true. at some you point. You need to know. You need to know who, what kind of performance you're looking for. But this is KOTD's fault, also. Screening, screening their. Here's the thing, okay? And. I'm not even trying to shame my voice, King and King of the Dot. There's no, there's no need for that. But battle rap exists in a no censorship. Yeah, it's, it's self-censoring. Okay, the league owners would ne will never or have never historically told the battlers what to say and what not to say. Yeah. It is one of the last, like podcasting in some ways, not necessarily our podcast because we keep a lid on things because it's just the kind of people we are. But uh, uh, uh. It's one of the last avenue uh, spaces for this stuff to just to just not put limits on it. And there are limits. There are times where people will say things and they've been shunned for it. People don't like it. You know, people don't fuck with it. And, and it polices itself that way. So, yeah, battle rap doesn't really it doesn't work to, to put it in another uh, arena because you're not going to tell the guys what to say. You know, only the true top tier guys are, are versatile enough that you could say, do a battle, but make it mostly funny. Don't clean. don't make gay jokes. You know what I mean? Unless they're really tongue in cheek and like, you know, like like half hearted and whatever. Blah 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 blah. But that historically has just not been like that. Just the pro production was just not finger on the pulse there. But I could totally see that happening, and it's too bad. Those two things don't mix. I appreciate I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you owning that. And I want to say, I'm not trying to attack KOTD, but I do think this is an interesting conversation that has to be had. And like. You know, obviously, like I have close friends that are involved with it, and 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 straight up, I I love the event. Like I love going to the event. I've had some of the best times going to those events. Like, you know, like when I met Disaster, that was like a big moment for me. Like I got a picture with Disaster, like that. You know, like I'm a I'm fan. Scared. I'm scared to talk to him. I've been. So I've talked to him. I'm like, I'm like, uh, hi. I just don't. I'm scared to talk to a lot of that a lot of battle rappers and I realized this like a couple years ago that I'm like, I've been doing this for eight, nine, 10 years, however long it had been. I'm like, I don't know any of these guys. I know like only a couple of them. And, uh, and uh, I'm like, that's fucking terrible. Like, what am I doing? You You're know, like person. I got to get out of my shell here, but I'm also those events. Once they, when the event is on, I'm game mode. And then I'm super stoned after and tired. So, you know, and like, you know, I'm wifed up. Like, I, I'm not going to the after parties and where people are fucking at the Grange and guys falling asleep in a tub. And Hundreds of guys are trying to hit on the four women that showed up. Yeah, there's like a, like, in, you know, bro, in Boston, bro, the funniest shit has happened. Like, somehow a prostitute ends up at the thing. Like, not someone called her. She's just at the same hotel and she's trying to get into people's rooms and getting kicked out and screaming and getting arrested and half naked in the hallway. And like, oh funny. my God, it's the legend. The legends of the road, which are much funnier, like in, in, in tail than actually there. You know, there's a lot of KOTD events are a lot like a war. Like you spend a lot of time sitting around waiting while you're like, when we go abroad, when we go to Boston, for example, we spend days like just mm. chilling, waiting, you know what I mean? Waiting to, for the event or, but yeah. There you go. Well, there yeah. you go. I mean, yeah. woke, woke Wednesdays. Welcome guys. <laughs> and girls and girls. That's the whole point of this. 
I've been wanting to go at you about this stuff for a while, so I'm glad we, I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad we did that. So that it's an interesting topic, the idea of like female participation in like something and how male dominated it is. Well, there's female battlers. No, you guys have female. So battlers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a sports observation, okay? Oh no. Okay, and I'd like to declare myself as a feminist before I start this. <laughs> I am, I am on some ways a feminist, raised oh, by a woman, didn't have oh, a dad God. growing up. Women have been the strongest people in my life. My woman is my woman. My my wife is is amazing. Like I look up to well, her. I bow to her. I bow. It's going her. well, bro. You're about to be. So the Toronto Blue Jays were not good. Okay, before they got good, they did something marketing wise. They switched up their colors and their jerseys to that cool blue they have. And their merch started to be fucking sick. It started to look sick. This is what my observation. Right. From there, girls started to buy the merch and young people started to buy the merch because it looked dope. And mm-hmm. they started to go to the games on the weekends. It didn't matter about how good they, nobody cared about how good the team was. This is before 2013 when they made all those trades. And the weekend games only were like a party now. And yeah. that's why girls started going. They didn't go to play, watch baseball. A lot of girls don't go to Jays games to watch baseball. They go for the social element of it. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. And then, and then they became good. So there's an example. It's an interesting example of female participation, not based on what it is, but based on kind of like the social element, King of the dot, the events with Drake associated with them. Let me tell you, there were girls at those ones. Let me tell you, it was more balanced. It still was lopsidedly male, but you saw more women. And not for any reason that the product itself had changed and become miraculously more female friendly. It's just because the experience was something they could relate to more for whatever reason. Yeah. It's funny. I went to a baseball game years ago with, it was Fester and I, my manager at the time who was a woman, uh, was Ice, Phoenix. um, I don't, Omaya was there. Basically it was like, it was like me and Fester and a bunch of our girlfriends and we all went and it was really funny. We were out, we were in the outfield and uh, when you're in the outfield, like, you know, I can't remember the player. Who's the guy that did the bat throwing? Um, oh, Jose Bautista. Jose Bautista. Bow to him. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's right. a guy. So we were out. It was man. like, you know, and then, so we're way out there and he's right there. Cause that's what's where we were sitting. And then, but then, you know, when, when the Yankees are in the field or whatever, there were people close by us early in the game that were like, they knew, whoever the Yankee outfielder's wife's name, they knew her name. And so they were lobbing all these crazy things about her wife. And I remember Maya being like, what the hell's going on? This is crazy. Like, and that was at the beginning of the game. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. What, you know, wait till they're drunk. that's, that's, That's exactly what happened was we end up getting these giant, we have a couple of those giant beers later and Maya is throwing out just yelling barbs at this at this poor Yankee outfielder, and I think her name was Jenny. Was his wife's name was Jenny? Maya was <laughs> saying it too. It was crazy. A friend wow. of the show, Kiltron. Kiltron. It was hilarious, wow, the, dude. The Kiltron. It, it was some. She was. Yeah, she remember. could replace you. She could replace you. Kills and Bio. She's busy. <laughs> She's. Ah, I know, but I'm just saying, if you if the bees, if the bees return, if they put the nail in the coffin and end you yeah yeah well i don't i don't i don't think we have fans 
I don't think we've had, I think if we had fans, I'd getting I'd be getting like B text messages from people, just like a B emoji. I get, like, I get messages. We have fans. I don't want. I don't share that with you because I don't want you to get a. I don't want you to get gassed. I want you to keep working hard. I think. I think that Ruckus. I keep you focused. I don't believe. I don't believe. I don't believe Ruckus really exists. I think Ruckus I, management is a shady cabal of of people that that. Either they either do exist or they don't exist, and they're they're pulling strings from behind the scenes. And who knows about all these? They're a puppet regime, you know, propping up these little fiefdoms and of shows that that we're coming to take over. We're we this are a a their land, and we're gonna this, we're coming to stomp these mother these mother effers out, man. This I'm is a pyramid. This is a pyramid scheme where where they want people to start podcasts and then recruit people. Mm to do other podcasts but they have to pay to advertise and it's a pay to play oh my god ruckus avenue radio is a pay to play podcast pyramid scheme well don't you think it's weird don't you it, think it's weird for that some. the checks the checks we've been getting have a negative balance suggesting we owe them money don't you think it's weird that they asked us to pay them five thousand dollars and they're gonna pay us whatever later i mean i believe raul 100 percent. i trust him i don't know why well i mean but let's just be fair i mean raul's raul's kind of the, the friendly face of of the of the dark you know cabal of of shadow shadow uh partners that are running this whole he's the sham. shogun He's the shogun. I know that doesn't make sense. I just wanted to say it. No, you like that word. Yeah, I mean, you know, the checks, the checks are, are the checks aren't bouncing at least. But like, I would say, I would say that I want, I would love to know the pay scales of some of these other shows and and, and be like, you know, like you're paying, you're paying, you know, you're paying Douglas's cousin to to do some some crap DJing out of. Do you know day. anyone named Douglas? <laughs> If he's getting the same, I don't know. Do you I know anyone named Douglas? Do you know anyone I, named Douglas? I know some Dougs. Are they nerds? Sounds like nerds. It's a I, nerd name. Doug, Douglas. Douglas. Hey, Doug, but Doug. Doug isn't. Doug isn't. If you're if you're Doug, you're bald. You, you're, I'm bald. Fuck, I can't make fun of bald people. You can't. God damn it. Wow. But I, I shave my what? head pre pre like serious balding, so I feel like that makes me somehow exempt. I don't think so at all. I think that makes you. Uh, you're trying to head it off at the pass and it's pathetic, the whole thing. But Hey, question. Is my dick getting smaller as I get older or am I just losing faith? No, man. In it. Jeez. What, why, we always got to bring it back. What are you running out of topics? You start talking about your penis. It's ridiculous. Listen, you're getting older and your testosterone levels are naturally declining. So that's so my dick is, my boners are getting less taut. Plant. Yes. They're less taut. Hmm. My goodness, bro. But it doesn't maybe it's one of those I'm just less impressed. It's like I've seen it so many times, you know. It doesn't matter. You're about to have a you're about to have a lo- a, ch- a child, a lovely child and it's proof of your virility and it's great. And oh, my sperm works. It's through proof and, for as that. Well, as thankful as I am that I uh, that I don't have any children currently. Um I don't have any proof of my virility and I'm, you know, I'm now I'm, I'm in my 40s. So it's, wow. it's all downhill from here. Hopefully, I, mean, I can squeeze one, squeeze one or two shots off before uh, you know before it's all done, so I can carry the carry. You the got some work. Off. You got some work to do, pal. You got to get over your uh, little serial 
a long distance relationship. Uh, we're closing complex. the gap. Yeah, we're no, we're closing. Really? The gap. Yeah, we're closing the gap. She's got. You're it. gonna meet. You're gonna meet in Montana, or you're gonna yeah, you're gonna, gonna figure meet, it out. Meet, have, we're gonna figure it out. But but listen, uh, we touched on a topic the other week um, that I was sort of thinking about. Um, Go. Well, Maybe. I wanted. <laughs> I want to tell the story because. You know, I've been on, I do, I've been on, I'm on stage a lot. I'm on stage, you know, or we used to be on stage a lot. And, uh, I used to get, you know, I get nervous, you know, you get nervous before shows sometimes. Right. And yeah, it kind of gets to the point, like I've done, you know, I've done so many, I've done hundreds and hundreds of shows and you don't get nervous anymore. And then, so I'm doing this, um, I'm doing this bee making workshop and I wanted to ask you this cause I feel like as a DJ, it's a little bit different. Like DJing a party is a little bit different. Like, so for me, you're in your, if I'm in my comfort zone, I'm doing my routines on stage and I, in that mode, I'm usually really comfortable and I don't get nervous. And I, it was to the point where I noticed that I wasn't getting nervous. I was like, wow, I normally would be no- nervous here, but I'm not. And then I did this beat making workshop. I'm doing this beat making workshop with Unity Charities, which is a great organization, not-for-profit organization that uses hip hop art forms to promote youth uh, resilience in youth and to build stronger communities. They're a great organization. I'm really happy to be a part of it. We're doing this workshop stuff. And I did it on Wednesday night. And man, I wasn't, I, I was a nervous wreck going into that thing. And, it, you know, it turned out fine. We had a great, we're doing it every, every Wednesday, 7 to 10, uh, 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, you know, DM me at Fresh Kills if you want uh, details and join us. We're just, it's a beat hang. We're learning some stuff, making beats together. I wanted to promote that. But I wanted to ask you, because I get really nervous. I get super nervous if I've ever been asked to DJ because I'm not, you know, I'm not in my comfort zone in that sense, but so nervous doing the, doing the workshop, uh, more nervous than I've ever been for any workshop I've ever done either. Do you get that as a DJ? Do you find that do you get, do you get, I mean, if you're just spinning a club, the beginning of the night, when you start spinning, there's not a lot of people there. There's low pressure maybe versus like maybe KOTD. You're a little bit more hyped up. Like what's your situation with that as a DJ? Well, a couple of things. So unfamiliar, unfamiliarity, say it slow, right? Breeds uh, anxiety. New venue, mm. new crowd, new owners, new whatever, right? So leading up to a, a gig in a new venue, I'm definitely more nervous. I'm nervous about my way of getting there, parking, getting there on time, setting up. How does the setup work? How much of the, how much of the AV do I have to boot up my, to myself? Who do I talk to? How do I get a fucking bottle of water? Do I get it? Do I get this? Do I get that? The crowd, the performance, rah, 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 right? And the more you have relationships in a venue, the more you have a, you know, they don't look at you as this fucking guy's playing shit music. They just come up and talk to you if they ever have an issue. So there's that. Yeah. I don't have a lot of experience performing. So whenever I've had to, I have got pretty fucking nervous about it. You know, like we were doing some one-off performances, me and my boy, as like a dueling DJ concept. And I definitely got nervous for those. Now, I got more comfortable as we kept doing it. We practiced quite a bit. Uh, but that type of stuff made me pretty nervous. And talking on mic, which is hilarious to sound because I'm so outspoken, especially here. Like This is my comfort zone, right? This like podcast, radio kind of talky shit. Uh, but talking on mic, I'm petrified of. But... Like not when the stage at an event. Yeah, at a no, yeah, or like a concert. But like, I'll tell you something. I went to uh, Halifax and DJ the Dome, which is like the big club out there. Yeah, 
and it's a big room energy. You gotta play big music, and you gotta get on the mic, and I and the crowd will respond. They're putty in your hands, easy. Mm -hmm. And it was easy. I went with it because I had to. And I gotta tell you, if somebody booked me to do like a lit party, I, I'd be fine, especially students, especially young people, because they're so easy to please. But you know, wow. a hip hop show, a big hip hop crowd, where if you say something dumb, they're gonna roast you. Oh man, I'd be scared. <laughs> I'd be terrified. <laughs> But I wouldn't be scared to teach. I, I, I love doing that. That's, that, that's why uh, in the future, you know, I'm hoping to get some of that popping with my DJ company. So, Yeah, we should, talk, we should, we should get you on the... Yo, on get the me on the Unity, bro. I, I have curriculum already, like the basis of the curriculum. We should get you on the wagon. Get me on there, bro. I'm, I love teaching, and uh, I know I'm a, I, I come off as scumbag adjacent, but uh, <laughs> I, can, I am adaptable. That's my whole thing. I got friends in all types of circles. I got nerd friends just like you. I hang out with nerds all the time. You know? It's fine. <laughs> Your concept of nerd is really funny because you were trying to talk about the KOTD scene as being a bunch of dorks and nerdy, and I was like... They are dorks. There's different not forms of dorks. A You're a dork. You're a dork if you live in a silo of something. You're a dork. I mean... You're a hip-hop dork. You're a beat dork. You're a fucking... Uh, 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 you're a traditional, like, computery dork. Right. You know, the kids who like like TikTok video making kids are dorks. Like you dance on videos. Like what are you doing? You know, dork, you know, it's fine. <laughs> but then you can look at me and say, I'm a dork. We're going to need it. We're going to need an accompanying lexicon uh, for some of these, for some of these terms for just so the, just Bro, so the audience can decipher. I, I, I air pitch baseball. Like I'll be, sta you'll just be standing with me somewhere. I'll be having like a beer and I'll start like going into my windup. Like, what am I doing? I'm a dork. Certified. I don't know if you, I don't think you're a dork. I think you want to say you're a dork because you, what you really think of, your, you think of yourself in this, in these magnanimous terms in your head. And, and you think that saying you're a dork makes you more likable and it's all a sham. You know, it's all a cover up for you to, to, to try to be this every man, which you're absolutely not. Um, but, you know, go with it. I, you know, I won't, I'm not going to stand in your way. I don't, I don't think I'm an everyman, but I think that every man uh, uh, has got their shit and shouldn't uh, shouldn't judge. So fucking just hang out with me. We can we can make it work. I befriended a lot of people who had no friends. That was my whole thing. My wife is relentlessly calling me. I'm sorry, sorry, Bay. I uh, yeah, I was definitely you know I was definitely uh, you know an outsider cat where. And maybe I don't know where I wear this on my sleeve, but like I've always felt kind of I've always felt very fringe. I've always felt like, and, and you know maybe it was just like the weirdness of my what I was doing, my art form, like on the NPC and on the pad stuff. But even then, like you know, I I, I was never invited to to the parties. I was never like, I I was never considered a cool. And it's you know it's weird because it's to get back to the issue of dorks. It's this weird middle ground that happens where it's like to the layman. Like to people that are outside of the music scene or whatever, they look at me and they think I'm like ultra cool. Like I'm ultra cool to them. <clears throat> but in the music scene, I'm totally a dork. Like people do not think of me as all like, you cutting all, all you beat guys are dorks. Yes, of course. Of course we people are. People who make people who make beats without any purpose of someone rapping on it, it's dorky. But it's dope. It's super cool. It's dorky for sure. 
Yeah, yeah but, it, I just but mean, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's good to be dorky. Being mainstream, oh, no. there is nothing whacker than being mainstream. When somebody tells me their favorite thing, and then it's like such a common thing, or like when someone comes and uh, requests like a really like top of the chart song, like I'm not gonna play it, but they asked me for it. It's mm. the same type of person who listened to Flow ninety three five, which is our like awful. Oh, I hate, I hate you. Awful local uh, corporate uh, pseudo urban uh, radio station that employs an American uh, morning show instead of uh, you know yep. employing Canadian Canadians yep. who could use a job and you know. So no, flows a sham. Oh. It's been a sham forever. Yeah. I got into it with somebody, uh, and let's let's just preface this. I don't want to talk about politics, but I want to talk about Canadian cultural identity vis-a-vis politics and music okay i got into it with somebody he's actually a kotd community person very smart guy um about this and he was i don't know what what he was saying but he was disagreeing with me but i'm saying because he's a really smart guy and you're not canadians canadian yeah (laughs) canadians canadians need to in my opinion need to stop paying attention to the united states matters so intently I'm not saying they don't matter. Of course they matter. If your neighbor's house is on fire, you should probably be aware of that. But if your neighbor's house is on fire and there's a no chance of yours actually letting on fire, it's just a little warm, maybe you should worry about your turkey in the oven, which is in fact burning. Mm-hmm. So Canadians don't pay attention to our own politics. How many people know that we don't have a vice prime minister as the governor general. Now I'm not, a, I'm not the, an expert on this. I, I, I'm speaking to myself too, but no, we know more about American politics than we do. Canadian. Oh, we don't know anything. And yes, our politics are like our country boring, but in that boringness is it's like, I don't know if it's safer, but it's less sensational, but like, and, what and are we doing? As a Canadian, your interests should lie. Cause those are the things that affect you. But I mean, it's interesting, it's interesting that you say this, and I want to compare this to, you know, for example, I want to compare this to, like, the Raptors winning the championship versus the Lakers mm-hmm. winning the championship. It's like, the, you know, a television show in the States, but whatever, like an ESPN analyst show, if they talk about LeBron, the ratings go up, right? You, you're, the, the ratings do not go up. You know, if it's an ESPN show out of New York and they're talking about the Toronto Raptors, people, tune, people are going to change the channel. And so there's there's a market there's a market share issue with that where and you're talking you know to bring it back to Canadian radio, you know that's why we have CanCon laws that require radio yeah. stations that have a broadcasting license in Canada are mandated to play thirty percent Canadian content. Which you can't do that with politics, right? You can't do that well, with all these other topics. And our our culture and our our. Mm, it's social yeah. media, you can't, you can't please it. We, we can't, we can't. And that's the problem. That's where our culture gets drowned out because the theater of American craziness and Trump and all this ridiculous, the Biden fly and all this, it's just too compelling. It's confusing the entertainment value. This country, you should be screaming from the rooftop about native issues. If you, if race is so important to you, you know, in Canada, there's, we got our own issues over here. Do you know what I mean? But nobody's doing that. So it's just it's a case of point. Do you know what I mean? There's all these things. That if you want to talk about Canadian problems, we have our own problems, but people don't care. Mm. They care about what the internet is telling them to care about, you know? Yeah, I hear you. And the media, it's, it's terrible. 
Well, that's why that's why I brought up the whole market share issue, where it's like a television show, even like a Canadian news show, is going to get more ratings if they talk about Trump than they do if they're going to talk about Canadian politics. So that's a problem. That's well, that's and but that's an optics problem. Um, one of the one of the issues that's going on. I mean, let's let's talk about. Let's bring it up. Let's let's add. You know, um, yeah, going on with trees out in the West Coast where, you know, white predominantly white blue collar fishermen are blocking native native canadian um uh, fishermen from from fishing in certain areas and they're like the other day they were laying spikes along the road to to prevent um Amer- a canadian uh, canadian native people to come across and 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 fish and the, according to the treaties that we've signed with with those communities with the, with that with those communities out there on the west coast they're allowed to fish anywhere they want anytime they want whatever and so there's this like you know and of course things are markets messed up things are you know when it comes down to money and their livelihoods people get really up in arms about it but like the stuff that's going on out there is really nuts and of course you know there, there were a bunch of white guys attacked attacked the the these native protesters out there and the rcmp didn't do anything and everybody's going why are you allowing this violence to continue and yet you know and yet some 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 college kid with a blm sign you know, you're arresting him for standing around doing nothing, yelling at you. It's like, it just doesn't make any sense. And I agree with you. I just think that it's sort of a market share issue in the sense of like, it's an optics problem where it's like, you know, a, te- a television show, as much as like the news, Canadian news, that their, their responsibility is to, is to uh, tell the news. Unfortunately. You're old, don't old media me. This is about social media. This is not about TV. Well, pretend, but, pretend no, no, no. you're not, pretend you're not a dinosaur. And, and step into the modern era and let's talk social media because it's not TV. CBC is watched by people over 50. Is the nightly news. No, like, but it's, like, it's social media. This is global, about social media. Global news. It's a, it's, it's, well, but television is a microcosm of the whole thing is what I'm saying. Nah, television's old media. Television's what the newspaper was uh, 15 years ago. Television is old media. It exists. It's a powerful thing. It's got value right. it's this it's that but when you talk about moving the needle and swaying opinion and discussion it's social media times a thousand it's the Agreed. big dog it's the big dog i agree i'm just using it as an example and the example still holds that's why it's just if you you're going to get ratings if you talk about oh yeah you're not yeah, 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 yeah ratings yeah. you're not going to get likes or retweets if that's the language right. that you'd like so, but to i'm not use. talking to i'm not talking about publisher it is, sure like from a publisher perspective and and their uh, uh their uh obligations or what what is right as a from a national but perspective that's what they're beholden sure. to that's i'm talking about the receiver i'm talking about because i can't stop what people put on the i we don't have power for that you know we can't stop the fact that uh commercials on tv back to old media are louder than the regular show right it's ridiculous i can't stop that but i can mute my tv that's what i can do yeah, so can- i'm saying to canadians if there are any canadians out here listening just 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 to start, you know, put your phone away when you have dinner, you know, you stop eating your brain with your phone and, uh, and, um, and just pay a little bit less attention to American stuff. It's not that big a deal. It's not as important as we, we are making it to us. It's really fucking not. Yeah. It's, a, cir- it's a circus. It's I, a circus. I, you're, you're watching it cause it's entertaining. That, so that's don't, why. Like, so don't listen to the American morning show on 93.5 flow. Tune in for the Canadian programming, which is later on. Listen to one Oh five point fucking five. The best shit. Is it, what is it? What's the thing? The beats or the, what do you know what I'm talking about? Vibe, vibe, one Oh five, five. 
Boom. And they probably have an app, hopefully. So if you're international, good. Amazing. Good vibes. Let's go. Yeah, I'm into that. Listen to college radio. Uh, listen to listen to CIUT. Um, yeah. If, you want, if, you, if you're looking to, to just take a trip, listen to some chin. Hey, you fuck with some chin? You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't, but I would say get off Spotify. Whoa. Oh, you're anti-Spotify? I, I would say, generally. I mean, I don't want to say stop listening to Spotify, but, you know, you should listen to our show on Spotify. But, um, you know, I don't love what Spotify is doing, devaluing the art and not paying artists and things of that nature. That's a tricky – it's a tricky – you're not going to get it's interesting it's interesting because you know arguably the access to recording and the proliferation of artistry uh, you know number of people who are in itself has devalued the value of the music because there's so much more of it supply and demand and it's it's you know it's just kind of uh, there's just so much mediocrity, but that happened after the streaming thing kind of took the industry by storm and took all the money away. So it's, it's a tough call. I mean, what would you do? What's, what's real with the, what would really be realistic other than the environment we're in now, you know, with streaming, paying people cents on the dollar, like what else could have happened? Well, I think that you can increase the. I think you can increase the amount of money that plays pay out. I don't know why that's such a why. Say again, you you cut it there. Well, why wouldn't you increase what? What is so? I mean, it's so crazy. Everybody's like, everybody's like, wow, you're paying you're paying cents on the dollar for these for these plays. Just pay more. I mean, what's the problem with paying out more? It just everybody always yeah. like looks to circumvent the entire. It's like, okay, well, let's abandon Spotify. It's like, no, like, just, just give people more money. Like, how, are you, how can you afford to pay Joe Rogan $100 million and, like, really amazing, lifer, like, incredible, talented, independent artists are making trash amounts of money? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, it's, 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 that's, that's economics. I mean, he has a viewership. He has value. He's, he's created value. No, but what I'm, saying, what I'm saying is, well, first of all, do you think Joe Rogan should have been given that much money? I don't. If Spotify ah. has $100 million, I think there's better ways to spend it. Give some of that money back to the artists that are making nothing. It's like you're, you're, you're giving artists nothing. You're giving Joe Rogan $100 million. That's the, that's the comparison I'm making. You have $100 million in the bank that you can spend on something, and all these artists who, who are really talented are making tr- nothing. That right there. Well... I, I, hundred million dollars. Give me a get out of uh, Yeah, podcasts are huge. He's the, he's the. Yeah, you know, it's it's a cool. new it's a new wave, man, and he's he's on top of it. You know. Yeah, that's cool. I you know I don't I don't dislike his show. I don't I don't think he's not worth money. I just I just think a hundred million dollars is a little out of whack considering how little money the artists that really prop prop up that that network or that that you know the, the whole platform make here and here's the other thing too let, let, let's say this it's like it's like you know i read a tweet i think i mentioned this in another podcast that we did where 
you know, someone said, listen, what we really should be doing is all the independent artists should be pulling all their content. Like if you look at YouTube, any of these platforms, they literally, they're nothing without all these artists putting their, putting their material on them for free. Like YouTube. Okay. Like, don't get me wrong. I love YouTube and I've had success on YouTube, but like they're one of the most powerful online, you know, brands and they literally just use everyone else's material. Like they're making hundreds of millions of dollars off of people uploading videos for free. They've con- they've made content free, man. You know, and thank God the shadow cabal of, of, of partners is paying us to do what we're doing. You know, thank God for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like realistically, we're you know, I'm I'm like a content machine that's running on empty, man. I've been running on fumes for for, de- for like two decades. It's bullshit. So I mean these these companies are nothing like Facebook is nothing without without free content. It's a slave labor situation. It's also it's also a free app that has connected people around the world. I'm not I'm not I'm not siding with them because I, this whole I mean I Google just, Facebook you know blah, blah 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 but it's a free it's it's free and well you know I anyway let's let's no, not go down that it, rabbit hole. No, it's not that we don't get anything out of it. I, I agree, but it's just like you know it's like. They're, for example, they're making millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of billions of dollars Facebook is making off of tracking your behavior on the app and using that and selling that information to marketing companies. Here's my question. If you, you know, shouldn't I, like, you're saying, I guess, and this is what the, this is the agreement. That is the exchange. When I sign up for Facebook, I agree to the conditions of you get to be on Facebook and you get to, you know, connect with people and have the app for free and we get we get to sell your behavior, your marketing behavior to two companies. That's the agreement. So that's fine. I just, it's starting to get a little crazy when, you know, Facebook is worth billions and billions and billions of dollars. And yet I've got to pay, I have a bunch of fans on my fan page and I've got to pay to access them. It's like, bro, bro, listen to me. It's getting weird. Listen to me. Some of our discussions earlier where you were, you were woke Wednesdays, you know, I'll, 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 you know, I'll allow you as they say this, this current rant. Thank you so much. Oh, the fucking ballad of a broke bitch. Listen to me, buddy. The same technological revolution, which you are claiming is robbing this slew of over talented, underpaid hordes of artists, nerds like yourself is the reason you're paying your rent right now. Technology is the reason why in a pandemic where the gig world is dead, you are out here, as you would say it, busier than ever right now, right? Like it's it's popping, okay? And I'm sorry, hustlers hustle. I'm not going to name names, but I, I could name a number of mediocrely talented artists, Canadian artists, whose hustle game was so crazy that they got it popping. So if you want something in this world, go get it because you can't. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. So someone's sitting at home, wang about Joe Rogan's contract, wang about YouTube being rich and this. Go fuck yourself. Go get it. Go get it if you're that good. Go get fans. Go monetize. You don't have to sell your soul. Is Nick Bike is Nick Bike selling his soul? Let's compare me to Nick Bike. 
I, I'm not in that guy's league. I don't, I don't think I'm in that guy's league. As a, a person who's, had, in terms of talent, to make remixes and make edits in our ears, mm-hmm. yes, I am. 100% I am. I put myself right at his level. We're peers. Hustle? That guy destroys me. He's got his own printed vinyls. He's got this. He's got that. Radio show. He's got all these things. And I'm not making excuses for myself because if I tried hard, I could have done that too. But I didn't. You know, maybe I don't have that in me. Mm. So I just respect what he's doing. I just sit back and say, you know, and he's not Joe Rogan making millions of dollars, but he's getting it more than I am off of different things. You know what I mean? He's getting looks with Scratch Fast and all these guys. And I'm sitting here, you know, thank God for DJ City for putting me on and, you know, giving me some, you know, that's where I get my respect. That means a lot to me. But the money's out there, bro. Go get it. I, I, I feel you. I just don't. Go I, get it. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't think it's, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with me saying to you, hey, you deserve better. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, wow, man, your hustle blows. You're, you're terrible. Like, give me, you know, like. Yeah, I'm gonna people get- who deserve better are people who had, like, shitty parents and were raised yeah. all fucked up. Those are people who deserve better. Everything is what you make it, man, when it comes to art and, and, and stuff like that. You just got to hustle. That's it. You have to work harder than everybody else. Talent yeah. is such a small part of it. You know that. I agree. You know? I just think that's that sucks. I, can, I, can, it's, I, I don't think it's wrong for I don't think it's anything wrong with me being like, it sucks that talent isn't valued as much as hustle. That's cool. Like, that's, 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 that's fine. That's, that's, that's like... Uh, you mad about it. I mean... I'm not you know, mad. You don't, you don't get mad about it. I mean, you know, there are, yeah, there are artists that I think are incredible that, that, uh, that should be more famous, but there's nothing wrong with that observation. But, you know, when I'm making a point, for example, when I'm making a point about the business model of the stuff, you know, there are legitimate, there are legitimate issues that, that can be addressed here. I'm not, you know, I hear what you're saying though. I, I definitely hear what you're saying. I mean, I think, uh, this, this podcast has an adverse relationship on my marriage. If it was, well, Despite the money, you know, she loves the money. Right. Of course. They yeah. all love the, the money. money's, the money's nice. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, we're almost there. We're almost, this is good. We're getting well, somewhere. So, with no, you. I, I was, you're learning. Say, we're learning. I, I wanted to say, and you look, and, and, and we should, we should explain to our viewers, especially our fans out there who are listening, who we really, really do appreciate. Um, you know, the last month, obviously, you know, our, our fans, you guys have noticed that like we haven't had guests as frequently uh, sure. you know, Ryan did, did, did a complete, uh, you know, a complete circus act for one of the, for one of the shows, DJing and talking all that trash. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and honestly, that's a result of, and I'm going to take this one because, uh, and I'm going to sh- shine a little light on, on you, Ryan, Lincoln Woo! for doing, doing the job that you've been doing, because I've had a really, really tough few weeks with work. I've been really busy and it's been really, really hard for me to coordinate everything. Um, and so, you know, just so the listeners out there understand, you know, we're, we're doing our best here. You know, uh, Ryan's been holding the fort down. Um, you know, we have some, we have some exciting stuff coming down the pipe and, uh, you know, oh, but yeah. I just want to say that's part of the reason why what you're hearing. And also, you know, Ryan, and I talk about, you and I talk about this, like, I kind of love, I like riffing with you. That's why we have the show. Um, yep. and you know, we don't need guests to make the show interesting. You know what I mean? Some nope. of our guests have been lame, you know, some of them, some of them, I could do better without in my life. Better than others. Yeah. Hey, um, just an update. Uh, Reggie just took a crap. So you are you know. now, you are real on an island here, having not taken a crap on this episode. 
Everyone and, else involved has taken the crap except for you. Wow. Do Our the right thing. He's now endured multiple crashes. Deuces. Double deuces. This has been a shitty episode. <laughs> Kills and Bio Show, everybody. Thank you for tuning in.